Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're going live. No. We'll do it live. <laughs> this is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. Good morning to you guys watching live right now. And a hearty shout out to those of you tuning in on the replay. If you are listening on the replay, you have to tune in to one of these lives uh, these mornings. You know what I mean? I do this every Wednesday and Friday morning. It's a party in the live chat, I'm telling you. It's a party. It's a party, baby. A little, it's a little too early to party, though. <laughs> remember, your coffee tastes better in one of these mugs. And also, ladies, remember, none of you could be first, but all of you could be next. All right. <laughs> What's everybody up to this weekend? I will be incommunicado after this stream. You know how I say uh, I live in the middle of nowhere? Well, if you go north of here about four hours in between the town of Craig, Colorado and the town of Maybell, Colorado, uh, my family owns a huge chunk of property up there. And every year we go up there to fix fence line, do random maintenance, uh, camp and drinks. Pretty fun. That really is the middle of nowhere. There is no cell phone reception up there. You know, like t t it is the stone age. <laughs> you go up there, you cannot get a signal to save your life. Uh, so it's it's actually a great place to go and, and completely unplug, right? Um, and that's really good too. I highly recommend doing that if you can. If you have the, op the opportunity, like periodically, either, you know, if you live out in a place like New York where there's cell phone coverage everywhere, at least go somewhere and leave your phone behind, you know, or, or just shut it off for the day or something like that. Just unplug from the, from technology for a day or two and just, man, it, it, you'll also realize like how addicted to that technology we are, <laughs> you know, it's such a good, good idea though, just to, unplug for a little bit and man, get away from that stuff, you know, get your mind right. Um, that's all we're talking about today though. We're talking about assertive communication. So I just finished when I say, no, I feel guilty by Manuel J Smith. Uh, it's, it's one of the sidebar books in the married red pill space. It's a must read your wife nagging you, right? Your girlfriend, a bitch. Oh crap. We're, we're not at the, uh, Eight minute mark. I'm gonna get demonetized. Please send super chats. I just stuck my foot in my mouth. Is your wife being or girlfriend being a a bish? Well, this book will teach you how to handle it like a boss, right? No, no, you just got check her. You got put her in her place, man. You got hold her accountable. Mm. This will teach you how to effectively communicate with women and still be able to 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 get laid at the end of the day. <laughs> Oh, Glenn says, where's my wrench and title belt? Oh, okay. Well, I'll give you a wrench, buddy, but uh, you're not getting this title belt. You're not getting this title belt. <laughs> I, 
Yeah, you're changing this title this summer. You know what? That's the problem. You know, when you're actually in a championship match with the booker, <laughs> the booker can book themselves to win. Hold on one second, Glenn. I'm going to I'm going to give you a wrench, buddy. Just give me a minute here. I'm going to have to go on here. And uh, let's see here. Everybody be quiet for a second. Everybody be quiet for a second because I got to go on to the show and I got to wrench Glenn because I didn't do this ahead of time. All right. Okay, let's give let's give Glenn a wrench. Would you stop? YouTube's got this stupid thing where you can like heart somebody's thing. Okay, add as a moderator. Uh, let's see. Here we go. <laughs> Put this in your mouth assertively. Oh, come on. Oh, geez. All right. You know what? Um, you, you still get this, though. You still get this. You still get this. Like club. Four, 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 four. <laughs> you still get that. Thanks for the super chats, Glenn. I appreciate that, man. All right, so Glenn, uh, we're 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 not calling it we're we're not calling it SummerSlam anymore because of uh, you know we don't want to get sued by WWE, so we're calling it the the Manosphere Summer Smash, <laughs> Summer Smash. Oh shit, Professor Max and the Rockera with uh, twenty five uh, was that Mexican pesos wrench gang. Look at this. Hold on, you get this man. I'm just gonna say it. This guy fucks. Am I right? Yeah. You get you get that before the eight minute mark because uh, you've earned it. <laughs> you've earned it. All right, guys. Hey, what's up, Alan? Hey, good morning, man. All right, let me get back on topic here. So we're talking about assertive communication, right? When I when I say no, I feel guilty. Highly recommend this book. It will teach you how to deal with people. And it, one of the things I was saying to the guys over here on uh, Instagram Live. What's up, guys? Head on over to YouTube. It'll make more sense over here. I was saying to the guys over on Instagram before uh, we went live here on YouTube, but uh, this book, when you read it, you realize just like how people manipulate you in conversation on a daily basis. Like things that you never even realized before was manipulative communication. You're like, oh, that was manipulative. Okay. And then you also realize that you probably do it yourself. And you're like, oh, I, I didn't realize I was being manipulative when I was talking that way. But, uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, especially when you're, you're dealing with women, right? Like my, my mom is, is the queen of this, right? Just laying down the guilt trips, you know, just uh, a lot of passive aggressiveness and stuff like that. All that kind of stuff is manipulative communication. Assertive communication is more direct, more direct communication, getting your point across, making sure your needs are, are being met, making sure your feelings are being addressed. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's just a better way of communicating. It's not about being a, being a jerk, right? Uh, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, communicate assertively. Well, that means that, uh, I gotta yell at people. <laughs> no, that's not what it means at all. Right. In fact, uh, when you listen to the examples of the book, it teaches you to assertively communicate in a really calm, collected manner. Right. And then if you Google what it means to communicate assertively, you get this definition, uh, assertive assertiveness means expressing your point of view in a way that is clear, direct, while still respecting others. Communicating in an assertive manner can help you to minimize conflict. 
right? You're actually going to be minimizing conflict when you talk assertively. Um, it's kind of like the difference between being dominant and being domineering. You know what I mean? Oh, Nathan, for the for the swear jar. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, you get this one, man. Appreciate that. You guys over on, on Instagram Live right now, you guys can't hear these cool sound effects. So head on over to YouTube. <laughs> All right. So anyway, it's kind of the difference between being dominant and domineering. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's about directly communicating your needs and feelings and making sure your needs and feelings are being addressed. So before we get into that, though, let's uh, let's hide that. Let's uh, let's do our housekeeping, a standard housekeeping. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, hit those notifications if you guys haven't done so already. Sound off in the live chat. This is going to go by much smoother if you guys are participating in live chat. So far, we got a pretty active chat this morning, and I really appreciate that. Follow me on social media. Links are in the description. Uh, oh, and if you guys watch on the replay, drop a comment below. That helps in the algorithm as well. Well, thank you for everyone that's sent super chats already. That really supports the show, probably more than anything else. Uh, get on the email list if you haven't done so already. List.comeonmanpod.com. I'll send you uh, free stickers. They look just like this uh, for your troubles. And then that way I could talk to you or I send you an email if I ever get uh, you know banned from social media. Um, I'm on my third TikTok account right now. So I've actually had to use this to tell people, hey, follow me on my on my new TikTok account. The new TikTok account just passed 6,000 followers. I did a, a bonus live stream on Tuesday night with RP Thor. And we were talking about uh, how to be a power lineman. Um, if you guys are actually, go back and listen to that episode. Because if you guys are you know a young kid right now, you're, you're still like not sure what you want to do in life. And you want to make a lot of money. Uh, and you don't mind traveling and you don't mind hard work, be a power line, man. You can make up to $300,000 a year. So <laughs> uh, in the in the description, there's a link to Thor's courses. He's got a course that gives you all the information necessary to get into uh, being a power lineman. Um, you know, get your foot in the door, start making some really good money. Um, and, and, and if you guys want to learn, you know, sort of more information about it, tune into Tuesday's stream because uh, Thor goes into all that stuff. What the life of a power lineman, like how dangerous it is, but how lucrative it can be too at the same time. So check that out. Uh, but anyway, back on topic, list.comeonmanpod.com stickers. If you guys like those designs, they're available on merch as well. Merch.comeonmanpod.com. Your coffee tastes better in these mugs, right? And then there's hats and shirts and all that fun stuff. And then check out my Practical Law of Attraction course, loa.comeonmanpod.com. Uh, this is a mindset course, right? If you get your mind right, it's miraculous, but everything else in your life will fall into place, right? This this will help you in all areas of your life, not just with women, uh, with, with money, with your health, everything, because it all starts in your mind, right? Everything starts uh, with, with your thoughts. And then finally, get on the Patreon, patreon.com slash comeonmanpod. Starting June 22nd, I'm going to be hosting monthly happy hour hangouts. So if you want to do that, connect with like-minded dudes, uh, you know, have, have some beers, have some, have some cigars, and just talk about guy stuff, get on the Patreon. You can join for as little as 10 bucks. I'll play a commercial for that, and then uh, we'll get into the topic at hand today.
Are you tired of holding back your thoughts and opinions? Ready to let loose with like-minded men? Introducing the ultimate monthly video-based happy hour for men. Join us for an exclusive unfiltered experience where you can talk about women, cars, movies, and anything else on your mind. Best of all, it's not recorded and there's no censorship. You can freely speak your mind without any worries. All you have to do is join my Patreon at tier number one and you'll gain access to this one-of-a-kind gathering. Visit patreon.com slash come on man pod. That's patreon.com slash come on man pod. Or click the link in the description. It's like the good old days when men would get together and talk about man stuff without being bothered by women. Sometimes guys just need a good group of men to hang out with. It's good for our mental health. Don't miss out on the camaraderie and conversation. Join us today and let your voice be heard. Visit my Patreon page and sign up now. Cheers to freedom of speech and great company. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, so get on the Patreon, guys. Uh, you can join for as little as 10 bucks. And uh, you just think of it like the cover charge to your, you know, to your favorite club or whatever. Just hang out with some like-minded dudes, you know, get your mind right. All right, so in the book, when I say no, I feel guilty. Starts off with your assertive bill of rights. Uh, and before we go through those, uh, there's essentially four communication styles that we're talking about here. All right. You've got your passive communication style, right? Um, this is like real timid people. They're, they're pretty passive, right? They sort of let things happen and without saying anything. You know what I mean? It's like when you have, uh, let's say, let's say you have a shellfish allergy and, uh, and someone's like, "Hey, let's go. Uh, let's go to a seafood restaurant." And uh, and you're like, uh, "Okay." And you go to the seafood restaurant, risking your life, and don't say anything about it. That's passive, <laughs> right? Uh, okay, yeah, we could go there. Uh, and then there's passive aggressive. So in that situation, uh, you could that would be someone who's like, you know, they would go there right? They would, they would say, uh, yeah, we could go there. And then when they, they ate something with a uh, shellfish and started dying, <laughs> they'd be like, I can't believe you brought me here. Like, this is your fault. Right. <laughs> Just like make the other person feel bad because they didn't speak up. That's passive aggressive. And then there's aggressive. All right. That's where someone says, Hey, let's go to uh, a shell sh uh, seafood place. And then this person's like, I have a selfish allergy. You son of a bitch. You're trying to kill me. Right? Like that's aggressive communication. It's sort of unnecessary. You know what I mean? And then there's assertive, which is just straight up saying, uh, that wouldn't actually work for me. I have a shellfish allergy. Let's pick another place. Right? You're communicating. <laughs> You're actually saying, no, we're not eating there. That will kill me. Let's eat somewhere else. Oh, uh, can I have your number? That is kind of passive. That's not really what I'm talking about, though, Luis. Yeah, more direct would be to say, give me your number, right? 
Yeah, passive aggressive, passive aggressive, and bait and switch, bitch. <laughs> um. So yeah. So you have passive, passive aggressive, aggressive, and assertive. Um, not to be confused with Alan Roger Curry's four modes of communication, right? You have mode one, mode two, mode three, and mode four. And mode one is, this is like when it comes down to pickup, right? Mode one is direct and confident. That one would, you could consider that assertive. You know what I mean? Uh, it's very direct and confident. Mode two is indirect and confident. I would say that could be maybe mixed in with passive aggressive. Mode three is indirect and weak. You know, so it's, it, it's, 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 that's very passive communication. That's, uh, you know, guys sitting in the back of the room saying, well, I'm not going to approach her. <laughs> and then mode four is direct and weak. That's aggressive. Those are usually like the MGTOW black pill guys, right? Assertive would be, I could totally see us hanging out. What's your number? Yeah, there you go. All right. Yeah, we're not talking about pickup today, guys, but y'all in the chat want to talk about pickup. <laughs> getting girls' numbers. It's all about getting them digits. All right. Man, This I think this is going to be a short episode. So uh, <laughs> you you said yuck. You don't like uh, seafood or you just don't like shellfish. What's what's going on there? Uh, what are you... Are you... Jerry, I know it's June, but... Uh, <laughs> what, what are we doing here? You you waving a rainbow flag? I don't I don't get it. Uh I wish pickup worked as social circles, but it doesn't. What? Of course it does. I have a whole friend that teaches social circle game. Yeah. Unless I mean it, you do have to have women that go into your social circle, though. That's kind of the key element <laughs> with that. Oh man. If you guys are if you guys are watching on Instagram right now, you don't know what I'm talking about. Head on over to YouTube. It'll make more sense. Uh, not in Christian ones. You can't, what? You can't talk to Christian girls? You can't pick up on Christian girls? Finally got through the audiobook version. Really good information. Oh, of uh, of when I say no, I feel guilty? Yeah. Yeah, I finally wrapped that up. Dude, that is a slog of a book. I mean, it's really good information, but it's, so redundant, you know, like they, they talk about the, the assertive bill of rights, which I'm going to get to here in a little bit, but for the rest of the book, they just talk about fogging, negative assertion, uh, negative inquiry, workable compromise. And they just, just use like, they just beat examples into you throughout the whole book. <laughs> it's like, okay, I get it. All right. And then, but, but what's good about that is as you're listening to it, uh, you can actually pick it out yourself. You can be like, oh, that's negative assertion. Oh, that's workable compromise. Oh, that's broken record. You know, like you actually start picking that stuff up yourself, which I think is sort of the point of the book, you know? Um, so again, highly recommend the book. When I so say no, I feel guilty. It's a mandatory red pill book, right? Especially the married red pill. All right. So let's look at these. Let's look at these, right? So you want to be more assertive. Um, I think that's a good goal to strive for, right? Um, it's the most effective way to communicate with others and get your needs met. It will also help you in all areas of your life, okay? Not just with women, right? With talking to, to other dudes uh, in your work, your workforce or whatever, if you're, your, your day job, uh, communicating with your boss, you know, you need time off, you want to raise. 
this will help you in all areas of your life. So it, it behooves you to learn how to communicate your needs more, right? Listen to Ryan's sidebar on it first. Okay. Yeah. I actually still haven't yet read, uh, listened to his sidebar on that, but I know he has a whole series on when I say no, I feel guilty. I've noticed that on YouTube. <clears throat> May I push your stool for you? Why would you even ask that? <laughs> All right. So let's look at these, right? So let's look at the first one here. Uh, the first one is you have a right to judge your own behavior, thoughts, and emotions and to take responsibility for their initiation and consequences upon yourself. All right. So example, you have a, you have a right to recognize that you feel angry and take responsibility for expressing your anger in a healthy and assertive manner without blaming others for how you feel. Uh, another thing too, <clears throat> have you ever, have you ever, you know, felt a certain way, right? You're like, um, man, I don't like, I don't like that you said this. It makes me feel this way. Right. And then someone's like, well, you shouldn't feel that way. <laughs> right. No one has a right to tell you how you should or shouldn't feel about something. Those are your feelings. All right. No one has a right to tell you how to, how to feel. Okay. That's just, you can't really control how you feel about something. So you have a right to feel the way that you feel. And, uh, but if someone's making you feel a certain way that you don't like, uh, you, the best way to handle it, the best way to cope with that is to assertively communicate to that person that I don't like when you do this because it makes me feel like this. <laughs> do you understand? Like that's direct assertive communication. You're expressing that you don't like what they're doing because it makes you feel a certain way and you have a right to feel that way. And then when someone says, well, you shouldn't feel that way, uh, you can say, then you can use some of these tools of this book, right? You can say, yeah, I can understand why you would think that I, I shouldn't feel that way. But the fact remains is I do feel that way. And I would appreciate if you don't do X, right? That's effective communication. It's fogging. It's, uh, it's broken record. There's all these tools in this book. Highly recommend it, right? But you have a right to feel the way that you feel. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, this is actually one of the biggest things I got out of that book, right? When someone says you should do something or feel something, it's manipulation. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's manipulation. It's uh, and I never thought about it that way. And I I often say I often now catch myself because of this book, I'll I'll start saying uh, this is what you should do, right? And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> and then see, I'm even saying it to myself, I shouldn't say that. Because it is a sort of manipulation, you know what I mean? Uh, telling someone else how to feel. Um, so anyway, it's we'll get into that stuff later, maybe. Um, so number two is you have a right to offer no reasons or excuses for justifying your behavior. Okay, example, you have a right to decline an invitation to a social event without feeling obligated to provide a detailed ex explanation or excuse for your decisions. Um, like, and I have an example here. Oh, you, like someone invites you to a party. You could say, oh, no, thank you. I, I don't want to go to your party. And then someone's like, oh, well, why wouldn't you want to go to my party? Right. That's manipulation. Cause now like when they ask that question, you almost feel obligated to give them a response. You could just, you really have the right to say no reason. I just don't want to go. 
<laughs> you know, that's uh, that's assertive communication. Oh, no reason. I just don't want to go. Um, another thing here too, you have a right to offer no reasons, excuses for justifying your behavior. We talked a little bit about this on Wednesday, right? This sort of falls into no more Mr. Nice Guy's material about deering, right? Defend, explain, excuse, and rationalize. Uh, you don't have to justify yourself to other people. You know, when people ask, well, why did you do that? Like, why'd you do that? Or, uh, in, in the example on Wednesday, it was, uh, what's her name? Lila Rose was grilling Justin Waller on why he wants to have open, like an open relationship, you know, sort of be a, have a poly mono relationship. And she's like, well, why would you do that? And all this stuff, like he doesn't need to justify himself to her, right? He doesn't have to explain himself. <laughs> you know, you have a right to offer no reasons or excuses. Uh, and it's actually uh, more more uh, attractive behavior to not do that anyway. You not qualify yourself to other people. You know what I mean? Uh, let's get number three here. Yeah, these we're, so there's only there's there's actually eleven of these, right? Uh, he gives a, a list of ten, and then the the last one is the title of the book. So it's actually eleven of these. So let's get into the next one here. Number three is you have a right to judge if you're a response if you are responsible for finding solutions to other people's problems. All right. So example, you have a right to assess whether you should involve yourself in solving someone else's personal issues or if it's more appropriate for them to handle it themselves. Um, now this one is is such a freeing feeling when you realize that you don't have to solve other people's problems. All right. Um have you have any of you guys read the book Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus? It's a very short read. Very short read. It's about if you listen to it on audio, it's only about two hours long. But if you if you read that book, the biggest takeaway I got out of that book is that both men and women don't like unsolicited advice, but for different reasons, right? Men don't want unsolicited advice, particularly from women, because we don't like we want. Uh, we want to handle things ourselves, you know, and when a woman's giving us unsolicited advice, it's like she's stepping on our manhood and, uh, you know, sort of telling us that we can't solve it ourselves. You know what I mean? So it's kind of annoying when women do that, it, when anyone does that, really. And if women don't like when we give unsolicited advice because they don't want their problems solved. They just want men to listen. You know what I mean? It's like that uh, that that video that was on the going around the internet for a while with the the chick with the nail in her head, <laughs> and she's like, "I just, you know, I just feel this aching pain in my head." And the guy's like, "Well, there's a clear solution here." And she's just like, "It's not about the nail, okay, right?" <laughs> she just wants to feel heard and understood. She doesn't want us to solve the problems. When you once you realize that, when you realize that. You don't have to solve other people's problems. You you just have you just sort of like listen and go, uh-huh, uh-huh. And how that make you feel? Dude, dude, it's so freeing. It's like a load off your chest when you're not trying to solve other people's problems. It's hard for guys to do though, because we're hardwired to take action on stuff. We're we're natural problem solvers. So when someone brings us a problem, we're like, oh, well, let's fix this. <laughs> right. So if you could like sort of step back from yourself, be aware of it, and then not do that and just listen to somebody, oh, it's so freeing, right? And you have a right to do that, right? You have a you, you can help them if you want, but you don't have to. 
you don't have to, you don't have to involve yourself in other people's crap. And when you, when you realize that most people actually don't want you to give them advice, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. All right. Oh, nurse chick in the house. What's up, babe? Men and women are not the same and they are not equal. I said what I said. Yes. <laughs> Good girl. We'll, we'll, I'll reward you later, if you know what I mean. All right. <laughs> yes, it's a good way to have a healthy detachment from your woman. Yeah, from anybody, really. Paul's one of the few guys actually teaching from the sidebar. You know, it's 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 fascinating. There's a lot. There's a lot of bad, bad red pill advice out there these days, and a lot of stuff that gets sort of construed as red pill that was never meant to be red pill. You know, um, it's like people sort of fit their fit some of this stuff into their own narrative and they take things out of context. And I didn't realize that myself. I had this negative connotation about red pill for a long time until I actually started talking to the guys that wrote the books on it and realized, Oh, there's actually this like mass history that goes back like 20 years of guys swapping notes. And you could actually go back and find the original notes and read directly from some of these original notes. And some of the, the books that these guys recommended and you'll find that stuff in the sidebar, in the sidebar on Reddit from uh, some of the stuff is quarantine right now. But if you go to uh, what is it? Uh, the the, the redarchive.com or something like that. Let me see. I've got a, I've got it bookmarked here. Uh, or you go to trp.red is one. But uh, there's a, yeah, there's like there's all this like material that's available that's been, you know, compiled over 20 years. And a lot of the stuff, like if you read, uh, if you read Ryan's new book, which I'm, I'm reading right now, Praxeology volume one frame, he actually like quotes some of the, some of the old school stuff from the, from the Reddit days. And, uh, if you just go back and read it yourself, it's there. Yeah. The TRP archive. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> read the damn sidebar. Yeah, we are solution makers. Yeah, so that's why it's 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 super counterintuitive for us to to not do it. But when you realize that you don't have to do it, man, it's so freeing. It's mentally freeing. <laughs> You're like, I don't have to solve this. It's not my problem, right? Not my circus, not my monkeys. So anyway, that's a good one, right? You have a right to judge if you are responsible for finding solutions to other people's problems. Most of the time, just stay out of it. All right, number four, you have a right to change your mind. So example, you have a right to initially agree or plan to a decision, but if circumstances or your preferences change, you have a right to express your change of mind without feeling guilty. Hey, women do it all the time, <laughs> right? Women have no problem with this, right? Women change their minds like frequently. Well, if they could do it, we could do it too, right? Um. I, I do think that it's a good idea to try to be a man of your word as much as possible. You know, like if you, uh, if you make plans with somebody really try to keep those plans as, as much as possible. But if something comes up and you have to change your mind, or if you decide Hey, I, you know what, this just isn't in my best interest to do this. You absolutely have a right to change your mind about it and not feel guilty about it. Right. Um, so like, for instance, here's a great example of this. I, uh, I originally had on Tuesday night, I was originally booked to interview Drew Bay 
I don't know if you guys know Drew Bay. He's uh, sort of a, a, a fitness guru in the space, and he teaches guys uh, high, you know, all about high intensity interval training, and you know how do you do like slow slow reps when using weights and uh you know he has a belief system that that's the the right way of working out um and so we're i was going to interview him about it we i was on i was on masculine geek last week and and finally met him and we had a conversation all about his workout program and i was like this is fascinating i'd love to get you on the podcast so he he i booked him for tuesday but uh he hit me up i think monday night and was like uh Hey man, I, you know what? I I've got so much stuff going on right now. I I'm going to have to cancel, you know, I'm pretty busy until the end of August. And I was like, fair enough, you know, and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's why I, I do a lot of my interviews uh, ahead of time in the can anyway, in case people have to cancel or we have to move things around. I'm low. I could be a little more flexible that way. And, and people have, you know, their, their own lives. So I'm, I'm a little more flexible with stuff like that. And it's okay. But he, he effectively communicated that with me. And uh, I don't know if he felt guilty or not, but he changed his mind and that's all right. He has a right to do that. Right. And so do you. All right. Number five, you have a right to make mistakes and be responsible for them. So an example, uh, you have a right to admit when you've made an error, take responsibility for the consequences and learn about the experience without being overly self-critical or blaming others. Uh, mistakes are actually really good sometimes. You know what I mean? Uh, we learn from our mistakes, you know, a good example is, uh, I like to talk about my, my, uh, my divorce on here and, uh, the breakup with red pill chick and the, the dates that I went on after red pill chick and just like how initially I sucked at all this stuff. <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing wrong here? Right. It took some self accountability, realized that something I was doing wasn't working right. And I had to, I had to fix it. And, um, so that's, it's actually good. It's not bad to make mistakes in the book. He gives examples of this, right. Where, where people might've made a mistake in doing something and someone is trying to sort of like browbeat them for making that mistake And the effective way to communicate back to them when that happens is by using fogging. Right. And fogging in the book, I talked about it a little bit more on, uh, on, uh, the stream last Wednesday, but, but fogging is essentially where you, uh, sort of agree with them. You know, you sort of agree with them and don't fight with them back on it. Right. So if someone's like, man, you really messed up this project. You don't get all defensive about it and be like, oh, well I did my best. Okay. You know, <laughs> and lose your mind. You just agree with them and be like, yeah, man, I really screwed the pooch on this one. Didn't I? <laughs> right. You know, and when you sort of agree with them, like, yeah, I did mess up, man. But I, I won't do it again because I now I know how to fix it, right? There you go. Now you're assertively communicating like, yeah, I understand I messed this up and it's okay to make mistakes. And I did learn from it, you know? It's okay. It's okay. You're, uh, you're allowed to make mistakes. We're all human. All right, number six here. You have a right to say, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know everything. Example, you have a right to acknowledge when you lack knowledge or information on a particular topic and seek further understanding or assistance, right? How many times have you felt obligated to have an answer for something you didn't really have an answer for? 
you guys watch it live. Has, has that happened to you? If someone comes to you and they, they're asking you a question, you sort of feel like, oh, I should know this. And so you just sort of bullshit them and answer. You know, have you ever done that? I've done that. <laughs> I'll fully admit it, I've done that, right? But you don't have to. You don't have to be a know-it-all. You don't always have to have the answers, you know? Uh, you could just say, you know what? I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Right? It's okay. <laughs> you guys could ask me a question right now that I probably don't have the answer to. I'll tell you. You know what? I don't know that one. I haven't or I haven't read that book yet or whatever. You know, you have a right to say that. You don't have to be a know-it-all. No one says that you're you have to be an expert at every everything. Just say I don't know. There's a story in the book. It starts off with uh about these these guys that were sent to like Africa to go talk to bush people, right? People that, you know, lived out, you know, very, very primitive, primitive tribes. And they sent these people out there to like sell them equipment, like farming equipment. And these people had just like been like using hand tools or whatever, like their whole lives. And so these guys are out there trying to show them like how they could be more efficient with these tools and, you know, have higher yields of crops and blah, blah, blah. But the, but the, the, you know, the tribes people were like, they, they just, just kept asking these people the same question. Like, why are you here? Who sent you? What's, why are you coming here? And so these people just like, they wouldn't answer that question. They would get defensive about it and be like, well, you know, like we're, we're here to sell you this equipment. And they're like, yeah, but who sent you here? Like, why do you think we want this equipment? Right. And all of that could have like all that kind of nonsense could have been squashed right away. If someone from that group was like, look, I don't know. I don't know why they sent us here, but this could help you. Do you want to know more about it? <laughs> right. Said people are just sort of trying to bullshit answers about like why they were sent there and all this stuff. And it, it just wasn't answering these people's questions. And so they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't hear the sales pitch. They were just like, but, but I don't understand why you're here. Like why, why would someone send you for this? If just say, I, I don't know either, man, I don't know why they sent me here either, but uh, this could help you. You want to hear more about it? <laughs> kind of interesting. Uh, Man, he, there's so many examples like that in that book where you're just like, I never would have thought about it that way, you know? Uh, let's see here. Number seven, you have a right to be independent of the goodwill of others before coping with them, okay? And so that one, I, was, I wasn't quite sure how to explain that one, so I sort of did some Googling and found a pretty good explanation. Uh, someone said, I can't remember where I got this. It was like a Google search, but it says this, uh, this, this right means that people will disagree with you from time to time and you don't need the approval of others for all of your ideas, even if they disagree. Okay. You have a right to be independent of the goodwill of others before coping with them. So not everyone has to agree with you and it, it's all right. Have you ever, have you ever like expressed something and you've had people disagree with you and you felt like you've had to justify yourself to them. You know, I, you get that a lot in this space, <laughs> in the red pill space. People think like you shouldn't be red pilled. You shouldn't have be your own mental point of origin and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, well, I can understand why you would feel that way, but it works for me. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't have to, you don't need approval of others. Okay. 
Uh, number eight, you have a right to be illogical in making decisions. Oh, women love this one, don't they? <laughs> a lot of men make decisions uh, illogically too. Don't 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 fool yourselves, guys. Don't don't fool yourselves. You have a right to be illogical in, in making decisions. So uh, an example is uh, you have the right to make choices based on your own intuition, emotions, or personal values, even if they may not align with logical reasoning or societal expectations. So a lot of a lot of unassertive people operate from the belief that there are limitations to their thinking and that there must be a right answer. You know what I mean? Have you ever done that where you uh, you're 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 indecisive about something because you're afraid of making the wrong decision? You know what I mean? Or you're you're, you're like oh, I I need to put more thought into this or whatever. This this type of uh, thinking process causes people to be indecisive a lot, right? They have this sort of like, well, what if I choose wrong mentality? It's almost like uh, when you, when you go to a, a restaurant, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys have like a McAllister's deli uh, where you're at. There's a McAllister's deli out here in Grand Junction. If you go to McAllister's, I think they're owned by the same company as Panera bread. But if you go to, if you go to McAllister's, their menu is like huge. They have so many options. Um, I think Jack in the Box, maybe you guys might be more familiar with Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box is the same way. They have like a million options, right? And people, when they're confronted with multiple options like that, they just sort of break down because they're afraid they're going to make the wrong decision, you know? <laughs> uh, that's a problem, right? Cause people to be indecisive. Well, being worried about, you know, making decisions w without really thinking it through and being super logical in every decision you make uh, causes people to be indecisive. Uh, one of the things I learned from the book, um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, is that successful people come to decision quickly and change their minds rarely, if ever. So this is a good, this is a good, uh, way to think about this, right? You have a right to be illogical in, in, in making your decisions, just, just do that. Sometimes just make decisions quickly, you know, try doing that. A good way to, to, to learn how to be more decisive quicker is take, uh, take two things, right. And for like a month, just be like, I'm only going to make decisions by flipping a coin, no matter what happens. If I'm going to flip heads for this, tails for this, and I'm going to go with it, uh, you know, no matter what happens, I'm going to go with that decision. What you'll find is when you flip that coin, if you're hoping that it lands on a particular side, like heads or tails, it means your gut knows what it wants anyway, right? Like, oh, I hope I get heads so that I can go with option A. If you start feeling that way, just go with option A, right? Make that decision quicker. You'll, you'll find that it, it going with the, going with your gut oftentimes leads you in the right direction. <laughs> so uh, that can help you with number with number eight, right? You have a right to be Ill illogical in, in decision makings. Try the try the flip the coin method if you're having problems being decisive, because being assertive and being decisive are actually qualities that women find attractive in men. That's actually those are like dominant sort of masculine traits that women find attractive. <laughs> Was it, is it, you mean when in doubt, when in doubt, whip it out? Uh, you have a right to do that. Well, and you also have the right to deal with the consequences though, Glenn. You get this one, man. You get, uh, 
you get this one. Clint with the dollar ninety nine super chat. Pimping ain't easy, brother. <laughs> when in doubt, whip it out. Just just do it without without thinking about it. <laughs> that might that that, that I, I don't recommend that, Glenn. I don't I don't recommend that. Maybe in Vegas. You're in Vegas now. Maybe that's cool in Vegas. All right. Number nine. You have a right to say, I don't understand. For example, you have a right to ask for clarification or further explanation when you encounter something you don't comprehend fully without feeling ashamed or inadequate. Uh, this is so important. So I ended up learning this in the Navy. I was in Asia school. Um, and I remember this guy, Lieutenant Junior Grade Senna. He ended up becoming a, a full lieutenant in the Navy. Uh, but we're sitting in class, all right? This was before I this was before I went out to the fleet, right? So I went from boot camp to A school to age of school. And so I had no idea what I was doing yet, right? I had I had principles and concepts that they taught me in A school, but I still didn't know what any of that meant. And they did, they flat out told us in A school, like everything you learn here, just forget it. They're going to reteach you it like the right way in the fleet. So we're, I'm sitting in class one day and most of the people in that class had actually been out on a ship. They had actually been out and they knew all the definitions. They knew what a lot of the stuff meant, but I still hadn't, I, I still hadn't experienced any of that. I had no idea what half the stuff they, they were talking about was. And so I found myself just like sitting, like not paying attention, doodling in my notebook. And, uh, I'm sitting next to <clears throat> Lieutenant, uh, JG, JG, uh, Senna dude fucking punches me in the arm. And I was like, like, what's up? You know, like, what are you doing? And he goes, pay attention. And I was like, he's like, you're, you're doodling right now. And I was like, well, I don't know what he's talking about. And he goes, well, ask questions. And I'm like, I was like, sir, respectfully, it's like they're speaking a different language to me right now. I don't know how to ask questions in this language. Right. And he goes, he just, he looks at me like I'm a retard and then raises his hand. Okay, just looks at me, just eyeballing me, raises his hand. And the instructor who was like a like an OS OS uh, two or something like that, second class, he's like, Yes, sir, what can I do for you? And he goes, he goes, What is that? What what is that thing that you just said? Can you explain that? What does that mean? And the uh the instructor just like he's like, Oh, and he went back and just explained the acronym he was using, explained what it meant. And, uh, or he starts, he explains what the acronym is. And this, then, then, uh, Mr. Senna goes, raises his hand again. The, the instructor's like, yes, sir. And he's like, okay, well, can, but can you explain what that means? Right. And so the instructor basically like started breaking things down in more simpler terms to, to better understand it. And at that moment I realized like, oh, when I don't understand what something means in class raise, I need to raise my hand and be like, I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. You know? And just don't be afraid to do that, right? You have a right to say, I don't understand. And that helped me pass that class because that was a really hard school to go through, especially when you don't understand the lingo. Well, okay, well, what does CBDR mean, sir? I don't know what that means. <clears throat> oh, that means uh, constant bearing decreasing range. It means uh, you're about to crash, right? So, <clears throat> oh, Rudy, thank you, man. Paul's advice helped me finally get my wife to climax. Paul is doing good work. He's a goddamn saint. Yay. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. This guy fucks. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> finally got her to climax. Uh, well, I'm happy to help. 
<laughs> oh my god uh okay so you have a right to say i don't understand and so i learned that in the navy right it's actually it behooves you it behooves you to if you don't understand something ask for clarification it's totally okay <clears throat> beta male strategies that's passive aggressive yeah oftentimes <clears throat> It's Louise says whipping it out. It's definitely not cool in Vegas. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> All right. Number 10. We're almost done here, guys. Uh, number 10. You have a right to say, I don't care. You know, example, you have a right to express disinterest or lack of investment in a particular topic, activity, or outcome without feeling obligated to feign enthusiasm or concern. Hey, guys, try this one out on your girl when she's stressed out. If she comes to you, she's venting, just be like, honey, I don't care. Just say that. Just try it out, guys. See how that works. <laughs> In all seriousness, I, I learned from uh, Dr. Robert Glover, right? He did a talk uh, several years ago at the 21 convention, I think before the, before the shit storm with 21 convention. But he did a talk there, and he says, you know, it's actually okay to tell women to give you the guy version of their stories when they won't get to the fucking point, you know, it's okay. I mean, you can say it tactfully, you know, you can say, honey, <clears throat> Hey honey. Um, I, I, I love you. I want to hear all of this, but can you give me the guy version? I got a lot of stuff I got to get to <laughs> now. She might, she might not like that, uh, because you know, she really wants to get things off her chest, but you also have things you got to do. Right. But it's okay to ask her to, to get to the guy version, you know, Hey, just give me the guy version of that. Have you ever had women talk to you? It's like guys will sort of tell you a story and it's a very linear story, but like women, a lot of women go off on these like side tangents. Like, oh, but she said this. Oh, let me tell you about that. And this girl that give you the whole backstory on this girl. And then, okay, back to the point. Oh, and then this, this side thing. It's like, can you just get to the fucking point? Right. <laughs> So difficult for guys. So you could ask, you could actually politely ask your girl, "Hey, honey, I love you. Can you give me the guy version of this? You know, it's okay." You, uh, how many of you guys have done this to coworkers or your friends when they were telling you something you just didn't care about, though? Have you been like, you know, I'm just I I got stuff I got to do. I I really don't care about this. You know, have any of you done that? Anybody? <laughs> you have to understand that. When you start communicating more assertively, it's 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 all about you, man. It's all about what you want, about getting your needs met. It's not necessarily about being polite, you know? Because if someone's like telling you all this stuff and then you tell them I don't care, it's, it's not very polite. But you have a right to do it, you know what I mean? <clears throat> there you go. You give UPS chick a time limit to vet about work and then you move on. Yeah, nurse chick. I, like, man, I'm really blessed to have nurse chick because she's uh, she's just super quiet. You know, she doesn't really she doesn't really talk too much. And uh, sometimes she'll have a stressful day and she'll tell me about her day or you know some crazy stuff happens, and uh, and and she will tell me about it. But she doesn't go off on all these like side tangents or whatever. Like she's <clears throat> she's very good about getting to the point, you know, and effectively communicating. She's really good about that. So I have to worry about any of this stuff most of the time, <laughs> but, uh, but I have had that in the past, right? I've had, you know, people tell me stuff that I'm just like, 
and I find myself tuning out and stuff like that. And I think if you're if you're tuning out, you're not paying attention to what they're saying anyway. I think that's more rude than just being straight up with them, being like, you know, I gotta tell you, I don't really care about this. <laughs> you know. All right. So that was number 10. And technically, hold on a second here. The guys over here on Instagram, they heard all that, but it didn't get on the, the recording. <laughs> so technically in the book, there was the, the assertive bill of rights were those 10. And then he adds the title of the book at the end. So finally, you have a right to say no without feeling guilty. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What's this here? Eric says, uh, my ex used to do that a lot. And I asked her to just give me the Cliff's notes. Yeah. And she probably, the, the, the first time you do that to somebody, the first time you do that to them, they might get a little upset and that's okay. And then you could use some of the tactics in this book, you know, to get past their, them getting upset with you by that. Right. You could use fogging, negative assertion, negative inquiry, self-disclosure, all those tools right to to cope with that situation when you're when you're direct with them and say you know i don't care or give me the guy's version or give me the cliff's notes uh they might get upset with you at first and try to manipulating you into feeling like you should uh have to sit there and listen to all their their nonsense but if you effectively communicate and use the tools in this book you can get past that and it actually teaches the people that you're you're interacting with to be more assertively to to assertively communicate with you back it actually helps to, to better uh, modify their behavior when interacting with you. And they stop getting butt hurt by it and they just start communicating direct, like more effectively with you. You see what I'm saying? Like this book is a, is a really great book to use to, 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 to also train people around you to better communicate. You know what I mean? So it's okay to tell them that and then use these tools to uh, get them out of their feels and to more effectively communicate back with you. It's pretty, pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. Um, and then finally, you have a right to say no without feeling guilty. So you have a right to decline requests or demands that do not align with your needs, values, or priorities without experiencing unnecessary guilt or obligation to comply. <laughs> so I have some examples here. Hey man, can I borrow your truck? My sister needs to move. No. No, you can't borrow my truck. <laughs> right? Hey, uh, you know, I, I I'm going out of town this weekend. Can I can can you dog sit for me? Mm, no, I have plans of my own. Right? My grandma, my grandma used to say uh that no is a perfectly acceptable answer. It's totally okay to say no. Oh, Mr. White Tully, he posted on Ryan's Patreon. I said no to a family dinner and felt guilty. Ryan quickly said, it's the name of the book. <laughs> the lesson is on the cover. <laughs> Ryan effectively communicates. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird though. Like you'll find when you go through this book that a lot of the reasons why uh, you say, when you say no, you feel guilty. It's because of your parents' manipulation, your grandparents, your family's manipulation. And going through this book, man, like there's all these examples in there that just remind me of like how my mom communicates with me. My mom totally is like the queen of the guilt trip, you know, and she, she, and I don't think she does it uh, 
consciously. She does it very subconsciously, but she's super good at it. And so this book teaches you skills on how to properly communicate with people so that uh, you can assertively tell people no. And finally, you sort of train them to be okay with it, <laughs> right? They, uh, they will, they will lay the guilt trip stuff on you. They will passively, passive aggressively communicate with you back. They'll, uh, they'll aggressively communicate with you back to try to guilt you into feeling like you should be doing something that they want you to do, but you don't want to do that. You understand? So this book teaches you how to sort of use your own, uh, emotional jujitsu against them, but in a, in a healthy and effective way. You know what I mean? So great book. I highly recommend it. Those are your bill of rights, guys. Learn it, live it, love it. Uh, that's all I have this week, though, or this episode. Um, I'm not sure who is hosting Rule Zero tomorrow, but I won't be there anyway. Um, so be sure to tune in Monday. My 3% brother, Jacob, returns. If you guys don't uh, remember who Jacob is, he's the guy who invented Batman game. Uh, so go back and listen to that episode, the, the, the Batman game episode. Uh, this time we're doing a two-part series on the top 20 concepts from how to be a 3% man according to AI. Uh, part one is Monday and part two will be the week after. So Jacob dropped some good bombs like always in this one. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, all that, other than that, I don't see any more super chats in here. So we'll just do the normal outro housekeeping stuff. Be sure to like, subscribe, hit those notifications if you haven't done so already. Thanks to everybody that participated in the live chat today. If you guys are watching on the replay, drop a comment below. If you guys are listening to the replay on your favorite audio platform, give us a five-star review. Helps more than you know. Follow me on social media. The links are in the description. <clears throat> Thanks to all the super chats today. I appreciate it, guys. Get on the email list, list.comeonmanpod.com. I'll send you some stickers for your troubles. Uh, all those stickers, they're available as merch as well, merch.comeonmanpod.com. Check out the Practical Law of Attraction course, loa.comeonmanpod.com. This will help you reprogram your subconscious mind to achieve goals so big, it'll actually blow your mind, all right? And it's not magic. It's not genies granting wishes or anything like that. It's all explained from a psychological perspective. So it's all about reprogramming your subconscious mind. Check that out because once you get your mind right, everything else falls into place. Uh, join the Patreon uh, patreon.com slash come on man pod. The links for all this stuff's in the description, but if you join the Patreon, you can join for as little as 10 bucks. I'm going to start hosting monthly happy hours. So happy hour hangouts every month. Uh, the first one's June 22nd and it's an opportunity to hang out with like-minded dudes. Just, you know, we can talk shop. We can talk, talk about the whamming. We can talk about cars, talk about movies. doesn't really matter. <laughs> Doesn't really matter at all. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, it's just guy stuff, right? Uh, what's to say, <laughs> Paul? When you when are you going to assert your right to graphic tees? Challenge right to a uh, Ryan to a fight to the death. Yeah, I already told him. <laughs> you son of a bitch! I am not giving up my graphic tees. You know what's funny about this book? Um, what he's sort of referring to in uh, in Ryan's book. Ryan talks about. Uh, in the, in the physical pillar chapter of frame, he talks about uh, having more style. You know, he talks about style and he says that graphic tees aren't really that attractive. And he talk, gives you style tips, right? On how not to wear graphic tee shirts and stuff like that. But 
if you go further on in the book, he basically says, uh, you know, if any of the stuff that he talks about here sort of is outside of your frame, just disregard it, right? <laughs> just disregard it. And that's really about what having frame means, you know, doing what's best for you. It's about it's part of who you are. So anything outside your frame is sort of uh, amusing, amusing or interesting. And uh, you know what? I'm a graphic tease guy and I own that shit. I'm not changing for you, Ryan, or anybody else. <laughs> all right, guys, that's all I have. Uh, we will see you guys on Monday. This has been the Come On Man podcast. Now, go out and get it. <laughs>